I'm Jack Moylan, and you're listening to Let's Talk Business, a podcast geared towards young professionals served with a side of witty commentary. At Lutz, we rally around the mantra, make light, meaning be lighthearted, illuminate solutions, and create energy. We hope this episode will do just that. Let's make the complex simple. Welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Business. October is National Cybersecurity Awareness Month, which is fitting that I'm in technology and am joined today by fellow Let's Tech account manager, Jessica Murray. Jess, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do and, and you know why are we talking to you about cybersecurity? Sure. Hi, Jack. Thanks for having me. I'm one of the account managers here at Let's. I was on the help desk for five years before joining the team as an account manager. So I've seen all the real world issues that go on, the cyber crime, the, the breaches, all that kind of stuff that you hear on the news. So I think that's why you're having me today. Sure. No, I, I think that would make sense. So you went from fixing everyone's day-to-day issues on their computer specifically to long-term helping them figure out their IT plan. Exactly. Exactly. We want to make sure they're secure and things are up to date. The holes are plugged, the windows are locked, the doors are locked. So that's that's what we do here. Right. Like you said, it's the security piece is, is paramount. So, you know, today we'll be talking about cybersecurity for individuals. And there's, you know, there's You'd think there's a distinction between personal, you know, public and, and kind of your work security. But in your mind, is that is there really that big of a difference? I mean, I know at work you can make decisions for your group as a whole and lock it down a little bit. But you can almost treat your own home as a domain, can't you? Oh, absolutely. I, I give the cybersecurity presentation to all my clients, and I tell them that these tips, use them in your business life, but take them home and share them with family and friends because – your data is just as important, if not sometimes more important to you Mm -hmm. than your company data. You have personal financial data, tax returns, home loans, all that kind of stuff, maybe just sitting on your computer or an external hard drive at your house. And you don't want Joe Smo to be able to get in and get access to it. Okay. So what are some of the main concerns? I mean, I think that like when I think about my folks or, or even my grandparents talking about, you know, I think their their vision of what cybersecurity is or, or what an intruder is is someone that is watching everything and or, or gets access to their bank account and, and moves all the money to another account. Obviously, that can happen, but what are kind of the first initial things that can happen or that you have to watch out for? The email that asks you to click on a link to get access to a document, a picture, Something that looks like it's coming from Amazon or UPS that says that you have a delivery notification, and maybe you're not looking for that, and it's not something that you're expecting. A lot of times, those phishing-type emails are asking for your credentials, and people are unfortunately really willing to give those away, and that opens up the door to the bad guys very easily. Especially if your password is the same password to your bank account (laughs) as your email, as as your Netflix account. Yes. Yes, that's super important, like having a different password for all of your accounts. I mean, if somebody gets access to your email account, they're going to see that you got an email from your bank or any shopping website. They're immediately going to go there and try that password. Right. Because how many people forget their passwords and are just like, I need to use this one password for everything. So you're talking so like I high school remember. mascot is a bad thing. To- yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, your lunch number that you had in high school, you know. Right. <laughs> Okay, but I think that's kind of a pain because, you know, when you think about the number of, I mean, 
credit cards and bank account and online shopping and email and 401. I mean, you've got so many passwords. Just maybe organize it and keep it on an Excel document or something. Oh, Jack. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, no, no. Excel documents, no. You want to use a password manager. There's pieces okay. of software out there. LastPass, 1Password. Personally, I use LastPass. It's a, I have two, actually. Recently. Is that what yeah. you like? So I was full of crap when I said yeah, it. Yeah, don't ever use an Excel spreadsheet right. and don't use a Post-it. Yeah, right. <laughs> but invest in a password manager. They all have free one-user accounts that you mm-hmm. can set up for yourself. It's an encrypted piece of software, so you can put all of your passwords in there. A lot of them will tell you if you're using the same password for multiple accounts, suggest new passwords to you. Personally, I've not put in my credit card number in LastPass, but I know it will save that information. Oh, it does, because I did. (laughs) (laughs) The one thing that a lot of people don't realize is that Google and Internet Explorer, they're great. They save your passwords. But if somebody gets access to your Gmail password and logs in as you, they immediately have access to every password you've saved. Wouldn't that be the same thing then for LastPass or Password Manager? It's got one password. It has one password to log in, but you want to also multi-factor authenticate it. Got it. So that if somebody does, for whatever reason, get that password, you accidentally give it away, you have to have that second layer. For me, I use my fingerprint for it, or you can use a push notification. For LastPass, you have two-factor turned on and it's your fingerprint? I think I do, too. I don't know. I think I also use Google Authenticator when it's on my web browser as an add-in, but on my phone when I go to open it, I use my fingerprint. Really? Okay. Because, yeah, I just recently started using LastPass a couple of months ago, and I tell you what, it's been nice to go from (laughs) all my passwords on my notes (laughs) in my iPhone and then I went through and cleaned up and moved all of it to LastPass, and I got about halfway done and switched and went and did something else because I can't keep my attention. <laughs> so I had half my passwords in notes, half my passwords in LastPass, and I wouldn't be able to remember which ones in notes. I actually went and deleted a note without moving it over to LastPass. Uh-oh. So I was, I mean, I was screwed. I was all over the place, but... That's one thing with a password manager. You can't forget that password. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Touch yep, ID, so exactly. I do have it multi-factor. That's the one thing you have to remember, the password to get into LastPass, because if right. you forget your password, I don't know that there's a forgot password button that you can't call support to get them to update it. Because I don't know how you would. This is a password manager, so if you forget your password, you're out of luck. SOL, yep. as they say in the business. As they say. Okay, well, cool. So look into LastPass. Are there other... Other options out there for that? I've used one password in the past two. There's another one called Dashlane that I don't have experience with, but those are the three that we use a lot and see a lot in the business. If we're talking business, LastPass is great for personal, but if we're talking about business things, they also have the enterprise version of okay. that. So like the healthcare team upstairs, they have the enterprise version. They keep a lot of passwords in there that they share amongst themselves right. and they can set permissions. So Jack, you have permission to everything, but I only have permission to three clients. Got it. So you can set that up so you're not sharing on a post-it note. So I had I was at a client meeting the other day, and they brought up the idea of password management. And, you know, of course, I gave them the whole conversation about Excel documents bad. And I mentioned LastPass, which they said they had heard before, and they asked me about that. They asked me about its use in the enterprise level and if you can actually control mm-hmm. who has access to what. And I said yes. 
did not know for sure, but now I do. You know for sure now. <laughs> I know that that was accurate, and if they're listening to this, sorry, Jay. I, you know, I was gonna, I was gonna figure that out for sure, but I knew it could. I knew it had the capability. So, okay, passwords. Use a password manager. We talked about multi-factor. Obviously, multi-factor authentication is huge. Why is that such a big? Yeah. So let's talk about what multi-factor is. Yes. Most people know it and have used it now for probably a couple of years on banking websites and things like that and might not know that that's what they're using. Right. So multi-factor is the second layer after you've put in your username and password. So a lot of times it's a text message with a, with a six-character pin. Mm-hmm. Personally, I have it set up on my Facebook account, and they send a little message across my phone, and I hit accept, and it goes in. So it's that second layer. So if you do give your password and your email address or your username to a bad guy, they have to have that second factor in order to get logged in. Right. So that's very important as kind of a first warning. So system. they'll be so you, so you get you get an email, a spoofed email from some weird Amazon, you know, looks like an Amazon email, but it's actually not. You accidentally give them their credential, your credentials. That bad guy is at some random warehouse somewhere on some computer. He tries to log in with your credentials on that computer, your phone's going to get the code, right? Exactly. So you'll sit there and be like, okay, well, I wasn't trying to log in. Someone's got my credentials. That's exactly. the okay. Yep, that's the warning system. That means you need to immediately reset your password. Some people use a product called Duo, which just get, pops up on your phone and gives you a yes or no. Right. We actually had a client a couple of years ago that this happened to them. They were working in their email. Everything was working great. He got the, the push notification on his phone, not thinking anything of it, presses accept and gives the bad guy access to his email, even though he had multi-factor set up. So it's definitely something that you have to think about. If you're not requesting that event to happen, then somebody else did and you need to know to change your password. Which is why it may be, because we've talked about this before, but even though things like Duo or, you know, the Microsoft Authenticator are nice, they send you a quick window with approve or deny that's almost too easy to make that mistake. Now, of course, the stars have to align. Someone has to have your credentials, and they have to be trying to get in while you're almost in production working on your computer. Because mm-hmm. if you're not, if you're sitting there watching a movie, hopefully you don't say it. <laughs> <Right. laughs> but, but maybe it's a better idea to just go with the phone number, or aren't there options on Duo to have it send you a code that you have to put in? I believe so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, similar to like the Google Authenticator, too, where it changes the code every 60 seconds. And you have to use that code to authenticate. Right. Awesome. Yep. So yep. password management, multi-factor authentication, always if it gives you the option. What about that one password, though? I mean, what would make a good password for your last pass password? Pass, 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 pass. <laughs> sure. So the word password is horrible now. It really shouldn't be password. We should use passphrase. Okay. We should use passphrases, something that's at least 12 characters long. Really, you don't have to have all the complexities, the uppercase, the lowercase, but it is nice to include the special character and those one-off things to kind of make it a little bit harder if somebody is sitting out in the parking lot trying to run network passwords or outside your house. So, is it so? Sorry to cut you off, but is is it more of a brute force thing by them, or or, or is it? social engineering where they're trying to learn about in this case it's the brute force thing because they're just running software that will try try random random passwords thousands of them at a time so you want to just make sure it has a passphrase you don't want to have your name in it you don't want to have your high school mascot mascot might work but if like here at let's i don't want to use let's in my password that's something that's too easy let's for your (laughs) let's 
make it a past phrase. The example that I always give in my presentations is the future is bacon pants. That's a ridiculous password. They don't, those words don't mean anything, but it's silly and it's easy to remember. Right. So using that as an example, that's what your password should be. Some sort of phrase that you can easily remember. That's interesting. And it's easy to type. True, because I guess each of those, the future is baking pants. Those are all essentially in the eyes of a computer, a random string of characters. Exactly. They're connected to you in some way, so. Yep. Got it. Got to think like a computer. Got to think like a computer. (laughs) You got to think like a bad guy and know what they're going to try first. So, like, so often I see summer 2020 is the password or, you know, password one, two, three. Oh, my gosh. If your password is any of those things, pause the podcast right now and change it because we don't want those very simple passwords to be floating around. Get LastPass. Change your passwords. Put your passwords in LastPass. And then create a complex passphrase for LastPass. Yes. After you pause the podcast. Yes. And then come back and rejoin us. And then come back and rejoin us. <laughs> we'll have a ton of fun to talk about it. So passwords, password management. What other cybersecurity things? I mean, we talked about you know people trying to get your credentials via email. What other kind of email attacks are there? We see a lot the gift card one. That's, okay. I think that one's the top of everybody's mind where... Somebody gets an email that looks like it's coming from their superior, their boss, the CEO, the CFO saying, hey, we need to go get gift cards for an employee engagement or or something along those lines. And the person goes out and doesn't ask twice and they just go out and buy these gift cards. And then the people ask them to scratch off the back and send in information and then the code. Send them the code. I laugh and I, I may have said this in our podcast with Gary when we were talking about cyber crime. He kind of talked about a, a couple of other things. Like a, there's a whole downtown, there's a convention center. Yes, the hacker convention. The hacker convention. But I might have used this example then, so I apologize. And, and I should apologize to Hannah, but my, my girlfriend, so she where she works, this would have been about four or five years ago. And I think you remember this. But four or five months ago, she sent me a text. She's like, oh, my gosh, my boss just texted me. This is bizarre. You know, he, he's asking me to do him a favor. And I'm like, all right, well, this is kind of interesting. And, and it didn't click right away. And she goes, yeah, he sent me an email and asked me to send him my phone number. She didn't have it. And then he texted me and said, said that he's going to do, uh, like, a employee appreciation. Wants me to go to Walgreens and buy some gift cards. So nope. this is so weird. I don't know why he's being so weird. And, <laughs> and he's never been like this before. And I'm like, well, Hannah, maybe because it's not him. Right. You know, and so I told her, I was like, no, I know this deal because I'm in tech now. Don't do it. It's a hack. It's a scam. And it was the funniest thing in the world. And so she said something to, you know, someone in HR. And she's like, and they said, yeah, this, you know, they spoofed him and all the know, time. said it was him. It was all the time. Yeah. And did, if I remember correctly, it also sent that text message that either he's not by his phone or he's on vacation yeah. and not to call him. So yeah. that's a lot. We see that a lot. Like, yeah. hey, don't don't call me. I, I'm in a meeting. I'm not able to answer my phone. If you could just text me or email me back or I'm out of the country. Things like along that line because right. they want you to communicate via email and not pick up the phone to confirm Right. that it's that person. Interesting. So gift cards. So don't go out and buy gift cards for some random person on the internet. No. And I actually, I had a client meeting a couple of days ago and she said, you know, it's not unusual for us to go out and get gift cards for prizes for some of their clients, Sure. but they have a very 
rigid set of requirements. So this person has to ask, it has to be over the phone or in right. person before they will go out and buy those. Right. So at least they have a process in place. So if they do get that email, right. that person's not going to go out and buy. Like along the idea of a rigid process, I mean, you know, when we talk to clients about turning on multi-factor authentication and, and doing some of these cybersecurity initiatives, you can also... If you don't want to do it for everyone, and now we're talking along the business lines again, but if you don't want to do it for everyone, you can isolate a few people that are maybe more high risk, right? You can, yes. And we would recommend, you know, the CEOs, the CFOs, people with decision-making power, the permission to move money, things like that. Money wiring, money finance, wiring. accounting. Yep, yep. People that have that kind of permission, they're they're always the ones that are targeted. Oddly enough, an office manager is targeted a lot because mm -hmm. they are in the inner workings of a company right. more than what a normal and trusted for and trusted for those kinds of exactly. communications. I mean, you know, you think of the the role of office manager, and and the office manager can be involved in high level infrastructure projects mm -hmm. and also be coordinating gift cards for exactly. you know, for employee appreciation. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's interesting. So yep. have you ever had any personal experiences with cybersecurity intrusion? Cybersecurity intrusion on my own? No, I've not really. I got an email that I was fired the other day and that I needed to click you on this link yeah. to get my payout. So I kind of knew that that wasn't the case. Send that to Gary. Hey, Gary, where's my payout? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm out. It's yeah. Friday. Yeah. I just got fired. So, And this isn't really cybersecurity, but it's something that we should talk about. Yeah. Several years ago... I got a call from my grandma. I was at work sitting at my desk and she's like, hey, I just got this phone call that you're in Peru and you got put in jail and we need to send money to get you out. And I'm like, grandma, I'm here in Omaha. I'm working. Right. And luckily I picked up the phone when she called because my grandpa was on the way to the bank. No way. So it's those types of things too that we have to be very cautious of. And that's not really cyber crime, but no. it is you know, something that I like to talk about within cybercrime because right. it is something that we need to be aware of. They'll also call asking for your social security number. And there's even right now during COVID, fake contact tracers that are calling people asking, hey, I need to confirm this is you. What's your address? What's your social security number? All this kind of stuff. Luckily, I'm we're afraid yeah. right now. Right. We're just giving it away. Luckily, I'm stubborn, and I tell those people to pass in, <laughs> even if even if they're calling me for information on me having had COVID a month ago. I'm like, nah, you don't need no. to know that about me. You'll be fine. Mind your own business. Yeah, which whether or not I'll probably catch grief for that. But well, interesting. And, and to piggyback on the COVID, a lot of people are working from home right now. Right. Tons of people. Right. I mean, half of my clients are. Right. And. We need to talk about securing your home network. I mean, because the vulnerability then is with your home network if anybody's watching you. Mm -hmm. So one of the good things to do is if you haven't reset the default password on your Cox. Not the pre-shared key that's on the back of my Cox box. Well, you need to do that too. Okay, well, do that. <laughs> but if you haven't reset your admin password to your modem okay. and to like actually set up your own Wi-Fi with a 12-character password, you need to do that. Because, you know, the FBI security van, in quotes, could be sitting outside. They're going to try all the default passwords to get into your modem to see what you're doing. And it's way too easy if you haven't changed your default password. So, the, you know, you're saying that, I mean, if someone gets access to my Wi-Fi, 
I mean, there's some some nefarious things they can do. Absolutely. Absolutely. They could put software on your network that causes, you know, as a keylogger that could get all your passwords, your social security number, your banking account information. Heck, they could put on something like ransomware that starts encrypting all of your files, your backups, everything, and then they're going to want to charge you a fee to decrypt that. Right. So you want to make sure that your network is as secure as possible always, but especially when we're in this work from home environment. That's a good point. Yeah, we forget about that because it's, you know, oh, I'm logging into my VPN and and all of my work stuff's fine. But yeah, there's a lot of, I'm sure that now more than ever, there's a lot of work data and files being pulled off of secure networks and stored locally uh, on people's computers while they're on their home network or their home Wi-Fi. Yep. And the problem is if you did get ransomware variety on your home computer and you connect to that VPN to get to the office, that virus is going to travel across the VPN. Yes, and it's going to start encrypting everything that you have access to and anything that it can gain access to on those servers. Are there other secure ways, and I'm teeing you up again, but are there (laughs) secure ways to work on work, you know, work, work from home other than, you know, I mean, we say VPN, and obviously that's better than nothing, but other products? Well, first of all, what I would say, if you're able to, as a business, give your employees their own device to go home and work from so that the spouses and the kids are not accessing that as well, playing games and clicking on links that you don't know where they're going. Got it. That's not a possibility. Make sure, you know, your home computer has some sort of antivirus that you're actually paying for that keeps itself up to date and scanning all the time. That's the biggest thing. So if you have to use a home device, treat it as, okay, now we've just adopted another work device into our network of, of work computers. Yes. And what I would say, segment your account from the family's account. So maybe you have a family account that that Johnny and Sarah and everybody gets access to and they can play their games. But then you have mom or dad's account that's password protected, nobody can get to, and nobody's accessing that. So if Johnny or Sarah decide that they want to play their game, they can't access the VPN in order to cause havoc or accidental things. So try to segment your account off so your work account's separate from the family account. What about Splashtop? Splashtop is a great option. So that's something that we've started using here. It's an application. If anybody's familiar with remote desktop, you use this application, you connect to your work computer just like you were in front of it, and you manipulate it just like you were in front of it. Splashtop's very similar. It's a piece of software that you install on your work computer, and then you can either install the software at home or use a web browser to gain encrypted access across the network to your work computer. It's been very popular with some of our clients. It's worked extremely well. And that's really something if if some employees have had issues with internet access, Mm -hmm. it uses less bandwidth than the VPN and remote desktop. Right, because you don't need a VPN, right? Exactly, exactly. So you're not getting disconnected all the time like you might. Do you know, is that even the right language then? I'm saying you don't need a VPN, but is there just kind of a built-in encrypted network connection between Splashtop, the application, and the application on the computer at work? Yep. Okay. Yep. So, I mean, it's essentially, it's it's still a VPN, but it's not doesn't have the network pull that a VPN does. Right. Right. It's not like a separate thing. It's still well, like a gateway. your traffic. Like an already gateway. Exactly. Kind of. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Interesting. Exactly. So, those are good options if you're working from home and want to protect. 
is there anything out there that can can tell you if you've been compromised? I mean, you know, we talk about making secure passwords and all this and that, but I mean, what if I was like, gosh, I, w- I wonder if, if I ever have been compromised or if there's been, you know. There is. I don't have a product for you right offhand, right. but there are sites out there that do some dark web monitoring. Okay. And you can literally go out there and type in your email address, and it will show you if you've been compromised, and a lot of them will show you the first four characters of the password that they compromised. Got it. So, for example, I had a client go through a really rigorous security scan back in July. And several years ago, they had an internal person set up Dropbox for all of their users. Never were used, but it was set up with their business accounts. Dropbox got compromised like two years ago, Mm -hmm. and all of those email addresses with those passwords are out there on the dark web. Wow. So luckily when they they tested it, they could find all the passwords, they tested the passwords, they didn't work. But if you did find yourself on one of those lists, you would want to change your password immediately. Got it. There's enough options out there you can, you know, look up, you know, I don't know, dark web, what'd you say, dark web monitoring? Dark web monitoring, yep. Interesting. That would... That would suck. I'm sure I'd be on one of those lists. <laughs> don't click on things. <laughs> I don't click on things, but like I said, I haven't been always extremely thorough in, in the choosing of my, the security of my my accounts. You know, I shouldn't probably be saying that. I'm <laughs> probably putting myself as a great target. If anyone's listening, and they're <laughs> like, oh, that guy, we need to hammer his accounts. <laughs> yeah, but you've seen a lot now, so you're not going to make those mistakes. Yeah, that's a good point. And a lot of it probably isn't in that situation, you clicking on things. That's when the bad guys are getting into your email or stealing your identity. Right. The dark web is if, say, Dropbox got compromised right. or when Target got compromised or you know any of those companies got it. that maybe you had an account with. Mm-hmm. When they get compromised, they're going to pull that data and post it on the dark. Well, and don't they sell it? Yeah. Yeah, a lot of times they're selling that information. Dark web, that's an interesting one. I know. Have you ever, have you ever been on the dark web? I've never been on the dark web. <laughs> I haven't either. I'm only on the light web. <laughs> I, had a, I had a weird buddy in college that was all about the dark web, and I don't know. I don't even understand it, really. I don't either. I don't either. I feel like they have a, too much time on yeah. their hands. <laughs> We've got the internet, and then you've got the dark web, which is... The same thing, it's, but you can't get to it it's without... It's cyber black market. Yeah. It's exactly what it is. It's crazy. That's a that's a level I don't feel the need to get into. No, no. I, I agree. <laughs> cool. Well, I think that obviously there's, there's enough work to do. Change your passwords. Get your passwords on a password management out of an Excel document, mm-hmm. off of a sticky note on your monitor... Or your Wi-Fi password posted on a little dog bone on your, <laughs> yes. on your, your uh, refrigerator or whatever. I saw that the other day. Actually, I was at the grocery store and I saw <laughs> I saw I saw a little like Husker sign that had chalk where you could write your Wi-Fi password, and I thought it looked kind of cool. And I'm like, God dang! I don't even own my own house yet, but I want to have you know my Wi-Fi. I suppose if you're if you get one of those and you don't have it like facing your front window yeah. where somebody could peer in and yeah. see it, it's probably okay. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it, you know, that could be one of those things. kind of a thought. I was like, I can picture myself having like a Husker watch party and everyone comes over and, hey, my password's on the on the fridge. And I was like, that's not, that's not no. what I, that's, no, I'm too old for that. I'm too young for that right now. <laughs> password management, good passwords, multi-factor. Multi-factor. And, you know, anything else? What do you think? 
I'm thinking, Jack. I'm thinking. I mean, you know, that's, I think really at the end of the day, it's be smart, be cognizant yeah. of what you're clicking on. If something asks you to put in credentials, don't do it. Don't do it. You know what I mean? Unless you've initiated it. Right. Unless you've initiated it. Unless you've searched of, out a I got, a, I got an email from a client the other day, and they got this spammy email, and it looked legit from Microsoft. Really? It looked legit, and it said that their account was about to expire, and they needed to click here to re-enable their account. Right. It looked legit. And right. I told her, Microsoft will never email you anything like that right. unless you've initiated first. So if you've logged in or can't remember your password and you hit forgot password right. and they send you the email, that's okay to click on. Sure. It's the ones that just come out of the blue that you want to ignore. Or it was someone that got online and selected, you know, some bad guy clicked forgot password under your username because yeah. maybe they took your email or something and were trying to compromise it. Yep. And then you got a forgot password email. Yep. Yep. Interesting. So unless you initiate it, ignore it. That's a good. That's a good thing to keep in mind. And if you share an account with somebody, like I tend to share my Amazon account or whatever with my sister, and sometimes I'll get this email. I'm like, Chris. Chris. Did you do this? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah sometimes sorry. it's her. Sometimes yeah. it's not. You know. So. Well, and that's the other thing, too, because I, you know, similar story I had, a client sent me an email that was an invoice for, it wasn't Dropbox, but it was like ShareFile, I think. They sent me an invoice for ShareFile. They're like, this, is this legit? I mean, you know, and it was kind of goofy because it was, I think, was it through Cisco? Yeah. yeah, I think it would have been through Cisco and then routed you to a different place. And there was no, like, option to click on, no, I made the mistake of opening a PDF. <laughs> But it was a legit PDF. And then I called them and I was like, hey, this is the account number, this. And they told me over the phone. They're like, yeah, this is this for this person. And this. So it turned out to be legit. But it's, you know, I, I always like to revert to a phone call. Ah, phone call? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, always. If you ever get, gosh, how often, luckily not too often, but yeah. sometimes I'll get an email from a client and it'll be this weird email. And I'm like... That's strange. So I literally pick up the phone and call them. Absolutely. Hey, did you mean to send this to me? Right. You know, maybe it was a, they sent it to the wrong Jessica or something like that. Right. But just to follow up with a voice. Yeah. Never respond to the email. Sure. Yeah. Cool. Well, I think I'm going to add the cybersecurity handout that we leave with people. Uh -huh. I'm going to add that. Brooke will have that added to this podcast. I think that's got some good information. Yes. to keep yes. top of mind. You know, there's tons of resources out there. Look up LastPass. One password or dash lane? One password or dash lane. Get those set up today if you're using notes like I did for passwords. I still need I still have a few I need to clean up to be honest. But <laughs> then also the dark web monitoring, I think that'd be a really interesting one to look it at. It would. Just to type wasn't, in wasn't there another breach not Equifax, but wasn't there that huge data breach from like oh, it was like a credit reporting I wasn't at Equifax. Was it Equifax? I think it was. Like that kind of stuff. They if it wasn't, we're sorry. They've got all my, you know, all the information. I'm sure that kind of thing would pop. Student loans information? Yeah. yeah. Well, they can take that. Well, that's true. Take all my student loans. <laughs> Pay them off for me. Come yeah. on, bad guys. Do yeah. something good. Right. So, cool. Well, we'll add those resources to this. Do you have anything else? I don't think so. I had a great time, Jack. Yeah, that was quick. That was, I think that we should do happy hour while we do this yeah. next time because that flew. Cheers. Yeah, cheers. <laughs> Hope you guys enjoyed. Thanks, Jess. Thanks. You've reached the end of another episode of Let's Talk Business. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast on your podcast app, Spotify, or iTunes. 
Thanks for listening and don't forget to make light.